Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you find the latest deals, the latest bargains for your wallet. Coming up in 20 minutes, how'd you like to have your wallet emptied by a clerical error? Well, that just happened to a lot of people when their homeowner's insurer emptied their wallet. I'm going to tell you what you need to know in 20 minutes in today's Clark Regis moment. And later this hour, there's a reason I want you to be wary of these three-year deals that are being touted where you sign a long-term contract for internet service at your home or business. I want to tell you why they're rushing to get you to sign these long-term contracts with huge early termination penalties. Right now, I want to talk about something that is likely not on your mind. But just a little while ago, Puerto Rico filed for the federal equivalent of bankruptcy. Puerto Rico has been a financial wounded duck for years, and it's finally come to a head. And Puerto Rico has somewhere around $125 billion in obligations they can't pay for. $125 $125 billion. and Puerto Rico is a beautiful island, has a very small population, population smaller than a lot of our nation's metro areas, but has debt levels that are typically 20 times what a city of comparable size would have. It's because of promises made over the years by one government after another, And they didn't have the money to pay those promises, so they kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And who were they borrowing from? Their fellow Americans here on the mainland that kept buying bonds being issued by various entities in Puerto Rico. And why people were buying those bonds is because they paid interest way above what people can get otherwise. And there's an important thing in here for you if you are what's known as a yield chaser. That's someone who is buying a high-yield bond fund, a high-yield municipal bond fund. When you are being offered an interest rate much, much, much higher than normal, it's because it comes with a massive increase in level of risk. You know, there are governments around the United States that face shortfalls that are severe. The state of Illinois is like a third-world financial basket case, the amount of money that Illinois owes everywhere. So, yeah, you can buy debt issued by various entities of the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago, and you can somehow believe in fairy tales and that they're going to be able to meet all those obligations. But the reason the interest rates 
you would receive are so high is because the risk of what's now happening in Puerto Rico default is so high as well. And what's going to happen through the bankruptcy court process, the equivalent for Puerto Rico, is people are going to get paid so many pennies on the dollar. They're not going to get back the money that the bonds originally were worth. This can happen to you in a high-yield bond fund. can happen to you in a high-yield municipal bond fund, which means where you own uh, debt of cities or states, or Puerto Rico qualifies as well. can happen to you if you buy an individual bond issue that's paying a real high interest rate. You gotta understand the risk. Now, I own a little bit of a high yield bond fund, but it's just part of my bond portfolio. I made a calculated risk that I was willing to, in order to get a higher overall interest payment on my bond funds, that I was willing to extend the risk out and own some high-yield municipal bonds bond through a bond fund. And so that's a risk I calculated and understood. The problem is, is if you doing, again, what's called chasing yield, buy a fund that has very high risk with risky things in it, then the risk you face is that you might not get your money back. And I just need for you to understand that it's not all about the rate. And on a regular bond fund, people never really understand that you can lose money if you're in a regular bond fund because when interest rates rise, the value of the bonds you hold go down. So, or goes down, whether it's individual or group issuance. Got to get the grammar right. So just remember that. When you hold bonds different than a CD or a savings account or something like that, where your principal is fixed and safe and you earn whatever interest rate you earn, with bonds, you have the risk that when interest rates rise, your bonds become less valuable. And the reason for that is that if you're going to try to sell your bond, the person buying it is going to want the equivalent yield that the marketplace is offering, which means you have to put your holding on sale to get them to buy. And if that doesn't make sense, it means that you are owning something that you need to understand better what you have. But especially with the high-yield funds... High yield, I want you in your mind to think high yield equals higher risk. Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jim. Hi, Clark. Pleasure to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. You have a potential claim against your home. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Basically, I live in a small... um, subdivision and there's 84 houses in here and 81 people have already had their roofs replaced by various insurers because of a to me a garden variety hailstorm which has happened here 
frequently. It's similar to where you live. And I'm petrified to file a claim because I'm with a leading insurance company, one that I know you like. And uh, even though I have the insurance, and uh, but you recently said use it or lose, use it and lose it is basically what happens in that insurers are thought of, they think of their customers as adversaries. And that's put me in a very defensive position. Right. Now, you were with, um, if you said it's one of the insurers that I love, you're with probably either USAA or Amica Mutual? Correct. Which one are you with? USAA. Right. So I don't get a lot of calls from people with USAA that they use their insurance and the next thing they knew, they got a cancellation notice. It's really more with... USAA, your pattern, your history, and how long have you been a USAA insured? Since I was in college 37 years ago. And how many homeowners insurance claims have you had over those 37 years? I've had zero. So if you have a legitimate claim for replacing your roof, I would feel comfortable with you making that claim. Well, the, oh, the, and one last thing, not trying to drag it out. You mentioned that even if you call the insurance company, sometimes that can be considered a claim even if you don't file it. Okay, so this is crazy. The industry uses a database where they post cooperatively as insurers, but there are no rules on what constitutes something that an insurer can put in the database. That's how people have ended up with auto insurance If they have coverage for a tow, some insurers do something so dishonest and unethical, they will then put that on the auto insurance database that says they had a claim for having their vehicle towed. And the purpose, the reason they do that, is to then spoil your ability to shop with a competitor. And with homeowner's insurance, again, same as auto, there's no rules that the industry has for its cooperative database what would constitute a claim? So if an insurer is behaving unethically, the simple phone call you make can lead to what they record as a claim, even if you never make a claim. Okay. But, you know, that's the beauty of being with one of the top-tier insurers is they don't generally do anything like those practices. So you don't have the same worries if you had told me you had made a usaa homeowners insurance claim let's say three or five years ago and you're talking about your roof right now i would tell you don't make that claim okay with a lot of insurers even if you had never made a claim i would tell you not to make the claim for the roof okay well, I guess it depends on the insurer, so I really appreciate it, and I was worried mainly also about the roofing companies smelling blood, but I think they're just doing their job after seeing what's taking place in the neighborhood, so I really appreciate it. Well, and it's hard for us as lay people to have any idea if our roof is damaged or not. It's beyond what we can understand, what we would know, and so... You're relying upon a professional that you hope is being ethical himself or herself. You know, on the thing with the property insurers, the homeowners insurers, 
the cost to claims to them has gone way up. In fact, there was a new report from the industry that insurers have had the worst start to a year in the last couple of decades with the number of claims that have come in from various storms. And if the market will allow, they're going to push rates up. Rates have gone up quite a bit over the last five years as insurers transition from looking for market share to trying to get more profits. And now there's more possibility that insurers will try to push up rates because of the number of dollars they're paying out. A number of the publicly traded insurers are reporting lower profits because of all the storm claims they've had. And who knows if this is a cyclical thing with the storms or if this is a new normal. But it does make this an era where when you see a big premium notice increase from your insurer for homeowner, it's a clear signal you need to shop around because not all insurers treat you the same. If you have had no claims in the last three to five years, you are a free agent and feel comfortable going around and shopping for alternative coverage. It's time for today's Clark Rageous Moment, and it has such a special key warning for you, one that I have talked about over the years, but this makes it real. Spams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. So a lot of times companies will try to get you to allow them to draft your checking account to automatically pay your bill to them. Lots and lots of companies do this. But the problem is you have lost control of your money. Under what's known as ACH rules, there are basically no consumer protections attached to them. The rules were written for businesses with no thought to the effect on you as a consumer. And it's why I discourage you from ever allowing anyone to draft your checking account automatically. Well, let me tell you how it can blow up. Florida Blue, which is the big health insurer in the state of Florida, had many, many thousands of customers suddenly with no money in their bank accounts, checks bouncing all over the place. Why? Because their computer system went haywire and debited people's insurance premiums up to 70 times over for each person who was affected. So now they say, well, we're going to notify banks and try to see if we can have all the fees removed. That's it? No, the reality is they should be paying whatever fees you're stuck with. Because remember, if you write a check that bounces, who you send it to may charge you a fee, the bank may charge you a fee, and they may also look at you as a bad customer having bounced a payment. If you ever want the convenience of having payments automatically made, only do that with a credit card. Because with a credit card, 
you eliminate the risk of your own money disappearing. If a false charge occurs on your credit card statement, federal law protects you beautifully in being able to dispute that. But because federal law offers no, no, no protection on drafts from your checking account, you bear all the risk, you bear all the hassle, and you could get stuck with all the expense. I know it's easier to not have to worry about paying that bill, but easier is not always best. If you don't like using credit cards, then you choose to pay. You know, the difference between using your own electronic bill pay and making a payment versus giving a business the ability to grab money at will, whatever amount they wish, is as different as night and day. Remember this, because you're the one that could get burned next. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be, separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy. Really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy. Like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is the web address. You got a question for me? Clark.com slash ask. I have a sizzling deal for you today. Metro PCS, which is the discount arm of T-Mobile, has a deal today where you get, for a couple, your monthly service for 50 bucks all in. Taxes, any fees, all included. So $25 a line. And you may wonder, what do you get for that $25 a line? You get, obviously, unlimited talk and text. You also get two gigs of data for each line. Now, I'm all about unlimited data because I'm on my phone a million hours a week. But most people would be just fine with two gigs of data, particularly if you're trying to save money. And if you go past the two gigs, they don't charge you a zillion extra dollars. They just slow you down. 
And you can add any additional lines at $25 each. And wait, there's more. If you sign up for the plan and move from somebody else, they give you two Samsung phones for free. So you get the phones for nothing, and you get the service for the $25 a month a line. Remember, all junk fees included, and that is an excellent deal from Metro PCS. But before you sign up, you want to make sure that their coverage is sufficient where you live. You want to look at the coverage map and see if it gives rock-solid coverage where you live, where you commute, and where you work. There's something else I want you to know about, and that is there's a big push from the monopoly phone and cable companies to try to con you into signing a multi-year contract for Internet at your home or business. The reason they're trying to get you in a multi-year contract is there's a new technology coming, depending on where you are in the country, coming as soon as this summer to as late as probably as long as two years from now, where you will be able to get ultra, ultra fast internet that is wireless. The traditional monopolies are terrified of this coming, and they want to lock you down in a long-term contract, and the cancellation penalties in these contracts can be huge. For a residential customer, can be somewhere four to $500. For a business, they can potentially be in the thousands. And so I want you to know that's what the game is about, is trying to keep you, when the new technology comes along at a lower price, from being able to migrate to it. The new wireless technology has been proven out in testing to run at speeds as high as one gig, some tests as high as two gig. Many people are signing multiple year contracts for one gig home internet or business internet, and that service you're getting is going to be commonly available from potentially multiple players in your area in the next couple of years. Again, remember I said phasing in some places as soon as this summer, others phasing in over the next 24 months or so. So do not sign one of those lousy, stinking, rotten contracts unless the deal is so fantastic that you're like, I'm willing to take my chances. Our producer, Joel, just did that and was sheepish telling me about it because he knows my feeling about the contracts. Do you happen to know what termination fee yours has? I'm not sure the termination fee, but it's a one-year contract. So I would oh, yours is only one year? Yeah, I didn't feel no terrible problem, about that. No problem. One year, you get an offer for a one-year thing. That's absolutely fine to sign. A three-year deal, do not do it. Pete's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Pete. How are you? Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. How can I serve you, Pete? I had a question about um, a product called Alert Life Insurance Retirement Plan. I was wondering if you could um, 
tell me what your thoughts on it. Is it something that's good? Is it a kind of a scam? Come on. Well, that term most often is associated with a product called VUL, Variable Universal Life Insurance. And that's agents know that so many people are aware about what garbage Variable Universal Life is that they're not using that term anymore. And they're using new, clever marketing terms like insurance retirement plan, or you call this life insurance retirement plan? That's right. All right, so you'll have to check to see if it is what I suspect it is. But variable universal life, universal life, and variable life are what insurance agents have been peddling since the 1980s as a way for people to save for retirement. And these plans are atrocious. They're not just bad. They are horrendous because they have gigantic fees, massive fees in them. And the problem is often they're presented with a what's known as a policy illustration that'll show you you can give them so much money up front and the policy just takes care of itself through the decades and then generates tax-free cash for you when you need it down the road. Now, does that sound kind of like the pitch you got? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the policy illustration you're shown will say in small type at the bottom, for illustration purposes only. And if you asked instead for an illustration of the guarantee you would see a completely different projection on what the policy would do and what income it would produce. And in the worst cases, these policies do what they call informally blow up, where the uh, money you paid in up front turns out not to be enough to service the policy, and you're hit with a capital call that can be for a tremendous amount of money. And if you can't come up with that money, could be 5, 10, 15, even 20 years later, if you can't come up with that, you lose all the money you put into it. And on top of it, you get hit with an extreme tax bill. I'm explaining it not at all how it was explained to you, aren't I? No, it doesn't sound good at all. But again, I want you to verify that... Under the sugarcoating of calling it a life insurance retirement plan, that what's behind the curtain is that they were trying to sell you one of the three types I set, variable universal life, universal life, or variable life insurance. And if it's any of those three, I can tell you automatically, don't pass go. In fact, run the other way. Are you self-employed? No. So are you in a retirement plan where you work like a 401k? Yes. Mm -hmm. And are you doing that to the max? Yes. And are you income eligible for a Roth IRA or are you not eligible? Yes, eligible. And are you fully funding that? Yes. Okay, you're my hero, Pete. Do you know why? 
Because you're a max saver. I love that. How many years have you been saving like a maniac? <laughs> not, not long enough. Not too many. Well, keep that up. And if you want to put additional money aside, you would be much better served in so many ways if you were to have a variety of broad market index funds as a supplement to what you're saving in the 401k and what you're saving in the Roth IRA. And that would be vastly preferable to you using any kind of insurance product as a way to supplement retirement income or speed up your saving for retirement. The index fund beats an insurance product every single day of the year, even in a leap year, Beats it on February 29th as well. Barry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Barry. Yeah, can you hear me, Clark? I hear you perfectly, Barry. Okay, I'm going to have to turn this up a little. I'm not hearing you as well. As soon as you got on, uh, I couldn't hear you as well. No, I'm sorry. First of all, Kim asked me to tell you that I'm wearing my Clark Howard University T-shirt. Good for you. How is that factory second quality T-shirt? Oh, it's a super quality T-shirt. And in addition, uh, I've probably been listening to you long enough to be in the postgraduate school of uh, (laughs) CAQ. Home of the Chippewas. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I've got something to discuss with you, really not a question, something that uh, uh, I've thought of probably a lot over the last year just wondering about it, and that it concerns uh, college education uh, and then the... uh, salaries that they claim that people will earn after graduating college. Um, this, to me, it seems that the, uh, uh, the colleges are being pushed on a lot of people, uh, where it really isn't as necessary as people would think. Uh, my first thought was, uh, statistically, I think they say that college graduates earn about $51,000 on average uh, after they graduate, as opposed to a high school graduate getting about 33000 Well, I wonder how that's skewed upward by the people who graduate with medical degrees, technical degrees, or um, engineering, et cetera, any type of... Uh, uh, the scientific degree. Yeah, no uh, doubt that the STEM people skew the average salary coming out of college and that people who get a liberal arts degree tend often when they graduate from college to be uh, severely underemployed, particularly for the level of education they have. That's totally true. Uh, yeah, and I, I also wonder, in addition, whether we are not pushing enough uh, technical schools and community colleges and associate degrees, which are really very specific to uh, to occupations, uh, thereby giving a uh, probably a much better opportunity for uh, for employment. Well, you are so right, and I, and it can be a combination of things. I talked with a woman who is what in some states is called an LPN, and in others called an LVN where she went to a technical school and got a um, uh, LVN nursing degree and is earning a living now and has been working for four years. And she's now gone back to college part-time. Actually, no, she's working part-time and going to college to now get an RN. 
So she's done it in stages where the first thing she had to do was she had to be able to generate an income. And she's doing that and getting experience in her field at the same time. I mean, there's lots of ways to handle the education thing. And, you know, roughly two-thirds of people, when they graduate from high school now, Barry, enter college. And a lot of those people might be better served going to pick up a trade rather than go straight to college. I agree wholeheartedly, and, and I think one of the problems is that we've brainwashed uh, the, uh, the entire population to believe that a college degree is a necessity uh, for getting a good, good occupation. It isn't. Well, that uh, is true, although over a working lifetime, even someone who starts off with a liberal arts degree that they have trouble finding work with that, that over a working lifetime, they will make roughly 60% more than someone who only has a high school degree, high school diploma. Mm-hmm. But that uh, obscures what you're bringing up, which is the value of going to uh, a technical college or a community college and getting a specific skill that is desired and needed in the marketplace. And that individual may make a very good pay rate. You're right. I'd, I'd rather have my... Uh child have a degree in uh, plumbing than in uh, 17th century uh, Polish architecture or something like that. Now, why would you pick on 17th century <laughs> Polish architecture? Well, that's what my degree is in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, love, I love this. Kurt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You want to talk about mint and not one that you suck on or eat or whatever. You want to talk about the app, right? Well, uh, my question is probably uh, related to that. Uh, My brother and I were discussing how you always tell us uh, that we should get a Chromebook and only do it our financial, dedicated to financial transactions with our bank or investments, correct? Exactly. Well, and then he asked me the question, because you also suggest Mint.com for like a budget tracker and that sort of thing. Could you, should you do that on your desktop, or is that okay also to do that on the dedicated Chromebook? I would say on the dedicated Chromebook, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to cordon off your financial life from everything else. And there's something I, I don't mention enough. Make sure that your, your password you use on Mint is different than the password you use for any bank, brokerage house, credit union, anything like that. Because if a criminal hacks into your Mint account and you use a common password, well, they know right. everything you've got at that point, and they're going to go if, you, if you're loaded with money or your brother's loaded with money. Which of you is the one that's got more money? Well, uh, his wife's a surgeon, so I would say him. Oh, okay. So they'd really want, you know, if they broke into his, they'd really want to try to hack into any of those accounts. And that's why you want the different password on the Mint than everything else. So Mint.com's password should be totally unique. Right. And uh, that Uh, that way somebody hasn't unlocked the keys to the kingdom because so often people use the same password because they're hard to remember on site after site after site after site. 
And so if you're using the same password on different financial sites, you're at risk. I use, a, I go further, I use a different password on every uh, financial institution that I use. Well, I pretty much use different passwords mostly for everything. Well, you are better than the rest of us. Most of us are creatures of habit. That's why there's Dashlane that will manage them for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip. Good to be here with you, Norman. On All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or uh, below or us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Guests. Julie Dewey Dreyfus, amazing. Yes. And America Ferrara. Jared Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare her first. I get to hang out with this guy. And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's the yeah. best. He's, I'm oh. telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is the web address. Clarkdeals.com is where you find all the great bargains, not just a listing, but curated ones that we believe really are good deals for you and your wallet. Now, often there will be something that looks like a good deal, but isn't, and We more and more today rely on reviews that people post on websites, like if you're shopping on Amazon or any e-commerce site, um, if you're looking for a place on Yelp or on TripAdvisor, you know, we so often go by those. In fact, I just did the Consumer Reports spring survey, which is something they ask subscribers to do. And one of the areas they asked about was my reliance on reviews, you know, online reviews. And I use them a lot, as so many people do. They become so key to decision-making that for many people, it's become important to game the system and make 
a product or service or place's ratings look better than they should based on what real customers really think. And as I've told you, if you've heard me talk about this before, I don't just look at the overall rating on a website. I go and read the actual reviews. And as you read the actual reviews, well, I'll tell you what happened um, recently. I was in a part of Los Angeles called Westwood, and my wife and I were looking for a restaurant. And there was one that had really great ratings that came up third in the list in the area. And I started reading the reviews, and there was the same verbiage appearing over and over again, all with five-star reviews. And so I knew right away that those were fake reviews, which I would not have known if I just looked at the overall rating. And so we didn't go to that place because they were trying to game it. But a lot of times we're too busy really to do that, to read the reviews, or we don't want to make that time. So now there's a website called FakeSpot, F-A-K-E-S-P-O-T, and you can go to fakespot.com, and for right now only for Amazon and Yelp, you can put in the name of a product uh, on Amazon or a service or restaurant or whatever on Yelp, and they will use their algorithms, say that word three times, to review the reviews and be able to spot the fakes. You know, sometimes somebody will post bad fake reviews to try to hurt a competitor. Or someone will do what I talked about with that restaurant where suspiciously review after review had basically the same language. And so that's really a fun thing to be able to spot the fakes and be able to tell if something really is good or not. And on Amazon, tell you where the greatest likelihood for fakes will be is when an item is being sold through Amazon but is not being sold by Amazon. And you'll often see very high ratings. If you read those reviews, you may get a very different story. And Josie is with us. I'd like to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. So you are a teenager who is into saving money. Is that right? Yes, that is. How old are you? I just turned 14. At just turning 14, you're already into saving money? Yeah. (laughs) That's so fantastic. Tell me more. Uh, I've just been saving any money I've got my hands on. I saved 75% of my money to invest in just a basic liquid savings account at my house, and then I put 25% into spending money. So, and wow. I want, <laughs> how, do you make, how do you make the money? Uh, well, from birthday money, and I clean office for someone, and I do pet and house sitting. I am so proud of you. I love how industrious you are. 
So how much money have you managed to get into this savings account? Uh, I have a 529 college plan, and in there I have about 42000 but my parents have helped with that a lot, too. And then on, in my cash on hand, I have about $1,000. Great. And how soon will you need any of that $1,000? Not soon as I know of, but that's the money that I want to start investing and get working for me while I sleep. All right, so because you are earning money from jobs, you are eligible to do what's known as a custodial Roth IRA, where an adult has to be named as your custodian, but it's your money and your account that will grow tax-free, and then down the road you'll be able to spend it tax-free. Awesome. It's designed for retirement which means you're supposed to leave the money in for the next, oh gosh, 45 years minimum. Okay. Are you comfortable with that, or is that like mind-blowing, not interested? No, that's good. (laughs) Okay, so $1,000, I would tell you that you've got a number of options available to you, and then you can add to it as you wish, but to do the Roth... You have to have earned or will over this year earn at least $1,000 because you can only put into the Roth as much money as you earn from the various jobs you do. Okay. So do you think you'll earn 1000 this year? Yeah, oh. probably. Okay. Well, you got to be sure that you make sure you earn the 1000 So even if you got to do extra work in the summer... Just get to where you've earned the thousand dollars, yeah. And then you can put a thousand into a Roth. And my favorite starter place for you to look at is at Vanguard. Have you ever heard of Vanguard? Not that I know of. All right, so Vanguard is like a, a co-op for investing. It's owned by the people who have accounts there. Okay. And you can learn about it if you go to Vanguard.com. And they have an account you can put your money inside this Roth called a Target Retirement Fund. And I think the latest year they have is like 2060 or 2055 or somewhere in there. And that's the year you're anticipating using the money. Okay. So what they do is over the years... They change the invest the investments they have the money in to where today it would be very heavily invested in companies, you know, in stocks of companies. And then as you get closer and closer to your target year, they invest the money steadily more conservatively to uh, not worry as much about the money growing as keeping the money you've made safe. Yes. So that would be what I would like for you to look at, is a Roth IRA with Vanguard. Awesome. Okay. And did I say Vanguard.com? Yes. Okay. And the last year for a target retirement fund, Joel, is? 2060. 2060. So that would be perfect for you. Okay. Now, I won't be around to see year 2060, 
but you enjoy that year, okay? <laughs> and I'm so proud of you and how industrious you are. <laughs> Thank you. And I don't know if you inspired yourself or if others inspired you, but that is really, really special and great. And keep it up, okay? All righty. Thank you for the amazing advice. Oh, no. Thank you for the amazing person you are. And, Joel, we have neglected to do any Ask Clarks today, and so I'd like to take an opportunity. Yeah, let's do one, Clark. Don wrote in. He says, you've recommended both Credit Karma and doing credit freezes. However, Credit Karma seems useless if you have a credit freeze. What gives? Perfect. Okay, so if you want to set up a Credit Karma account, which allows you to continuously monitor your credit, your credit score, uh, what's going on in your financial world, your credit as far as credit's involved, you have to actually thaw your credit file to establish your Credit Karma account And then once your Credit Karma account is established, they have the right moving forward to check your ongoing credit status, even if your credit is frozen. So I had to do that because I wanted to have a Credit Karma account. And at that time, uh, I'm trying to remember, they were TransUnion and Experian. I think that's still who they are. I had to thaw both of those reports and then do my Credit Karma sign-up. And then my reports went back frozen. And right now I can go online, even with frozen credit files, and I can check my Credit Karma. And this is an opportunity for you, credit freeze or not, it's an opportunity for you to check on your credit score all the time, and I had it wrong. It's not TransUnion and Experian. It's TransUnion and Equifax are the two that you would have to thaw in order to sign up for Credit Karma. Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing good, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I serve you, Joe? Well, my question is this. I wanted to kind of pick your brain and see what all... You knew about it. I was recently released from prison after serving five years for a drug possession charge. Oh, I'm so, sorry. How are you doing now? Uh, doing good now. Better, uh, you know, just getting back up on my feet, trying to start over anew. And uh, one of the challenges with that, uh, I'm fortunate. I have, you know, support and help and home and family, friends and work and all already. Uh, I was only released about two weeks ago. <laughs> However, I say that um, just to say one of the obstacles I think going further down the line is going to be all of my information is now public access, and a lot of these companies, I guess, that specialize in posting mugshots, post multiple mugshots, and they want to charge you five hundred dollars a piece to pull them down. And uh, yeah, they're they, all they're all extortionists. It's yeah, a racket. And then, yeah, and don't pay any of them. If you pay any of those mugshot sites to uh-huh. supposedly remove your mugshot, what they yeah. do instead is they may remove that one, but mm-hmm. they will put it up on many others, and it, yeah. like, multiplies like rabbits. Yes, that's what I'm, that's what, is, what I was noticing. My concern was, you know, is it valid? Is there a, One of the things that I discovered in the process of doing this is that uh, where I live, there's actually a law that states that if you present that company in written uh, 
in writing uh, with your full name, date of birth, arrest, and a law enforcement agency that you are in trouble with, and you send that to them certified mail that they're required to pull the picture down, but they don't have to remove, I guess, the information that's in the Internet databases. So other than that, is there anything that you know of that I can do? There, There is not anything you can do other than when you present yourself to an employer and they say, well, where have you been the last five years? And you tell them, you just yes, have sir. to let them make a value judgment, a decision about your character and who you are now. That's right. You know, there's not anybody in America, pretty much, who doesn't know someone who hasn't had a trouble had a problem with drugs at some point or another? Yes, sir. It is you know it is a a, a problem across America, and mm-hmm. what you will show is that you are a different person, a changed person, and that you are overcoming your past. And, You're very right, Mr. Howard. And have pride. Oh, please call me Clark. And, <laughs> and Joe, please have pride in what you have overcome because i know addiction is an extremely difficult demon to Mm -hmm. beat and if you have successfully beaten it you did your time uh Mm -hmm. there will be employers that will be willing to take a chance on you it is and you're right i've not not ever had a problem with that in the past despite circumstances so i appreciate your help and uh and And, i appreciate your encouragement and i'm so glad you asked about this because i want anyone else to know to never pay one of those extortion sites. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely quite a racket. You can once you start investigating into a little bit, there's a lot more questions pop up than answers. So exactly, all right, and and best to you again, Joe. And Kathleen, you have a question for me about protecting your social security number. Tell me about that. Yes, hi, Clark. What a pleasure to speak with you. Well, great to have you here. Okay, um, I'm interested in getting a part-time job with a major pizza company as a pizza delivery person. And I go to their uh, website to apply online, which is a requirement, and the application requires my Social Security number. And Oh, come fact, on. Come on. It, online? It, Yes, sir. It will not process the application. It will not take you to the next screen. Then then I would say there are a lot of local pizzerias, a lot of Chinese restaurants, a lot of general restaurants that do delivery now that are locally owned do not proceed on that application. You know, there's so much danger in an online application giving your social security number. I mean, you're only applying for the job, and you've got to hope that they're, that that's the legit application site. I would not do that at all. Go somewhere else where you're face-to-face with someone. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be, separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy. Really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. 
FlexWash integrates a large-capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the FlexDry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy. Like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. You got a question for me? Clark.com slash ask. Hulu has launched Hulu Live today in beta. What is Hulu Live, you might ask? It is Hulu's streaming service for live television. It is a robust channel lineup. You get all the traditional Hulu of all the archives of shows, and you get live TV. The combination, $39.95 a month. They are calling it a beta because they got to work the bugs out of it. But it is yet another alternative to traditional pay TV. Traditional pay TV losing subscribers at a rate of roughly... 5,000 homes a day now is people who are paying the huge bills to satellite or wherever you get your pay TV are saying, enough, I'm done with this. I'm not going to spend the money anymore. And that's why these alternatives are so big. Now, the Hulu Live, I've looked through the offering is not nearly as thorough as YouTube TV. If you look at youtubetv.com for $5 less a month, you get much more because if there's multiple people in a household with the youtubetv.com, you get a DVR that you can access from anywhere you have internet with unlimited storage. And each person in the household, and how household is defined is however you wish, there are six people allowed in a YouTube TV household, which means really you and a friend or friends could share an account potentially. Who pays the bill? I don't know. But anyway, 35 a month, the YouTube TV is dependent on your zip code whether or not it is available where you live yet. The Hulu, the advantage of it, has a much skimpier uh, DVR with it, but the advantage is you get the entire 
Hulu library um, with the programming from live television layered on top of it. And the number of pay TV channels included in both the Hulu and the YouTube TV, very good. And the original, I guess the pioneer in this, Sling.com, has had to respond and has come up with a number of program packages from what are known as very skinny bubble uh, bundles, bubbles, bundles, to very thorough bundles of programming, and the price point adjusts accordingly. The point for you is that the price gap between a traditional pay TV package that tends to be in the range of about $105 a month and these streaming products that tend to range from $20 to $40 a month, the gap is enormous. Even if you go to the high end of that, you're still saving about $750 a year with the enhanced advantage that you can watch on your tablet, your phone, your TV, your laptop, and from most anywhere in the United States. That is a huge win. Gary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gary. Hi, Clark. How you doing? Great, thank you. You have, uh, is it a warning you want to share with your fellow listener? Yeah, I just uh, kind of had a issue, a scam issue with my parents who, um, you know, they live about a mile from me, but, and I have a, I have a teenager in high school and, and, uh, and apparently um, someone called my parents, and they knew who my son was and his oh, name. No. And, they, and basically the first call was someone pretending to be my son who was in jail. No. And he, he said he had a broken nose, and that's why he did not sound like him. That's why they didn't recognize him. And um, supposedly he was in jail, went to a, a funeral with a friend out of state. And then another guy called a little bit later pretending to be the lawyer. Um, for my son and saying, you know, they need $2,000 to get him out of, out of jail. Please tell me, living a mile away, your parents called you before they went any further. No, because my son, the guy pretending to be my son, um, said, don't call my dad because he'll be really mad. Oh. All that stuff. So my dad was running around to the wiring services trying to wire the money to this account. And, um, you know, the good news is, the, you know, the wiring services wouldn't let it go through. I guess he, he had to put in his age, and they asked a lot of questions, and they figured it was a scam out. So at least the money did not get to, uh, you know, the guy who's trying to do the scam. But, uh, that is fantastic. The last part you said, there was a uh, agreement made because this grandparent scam has been around for a while that with some of the big wiring houses – they have to do a protocol before they'll send money in a case like this based on your parents' age, and the system worked this time. Yep, yep, it did. So he had to put his age in, and he said it It asked him a lot of questions, and uh, basically wouldn't let it go through. That is fantastic that, uh, that that worked out, but it doesn't always, and I'm so glad you're calling about this because... Generally, I only get calls after somebody has already been conned out of thousands of dollars. Right. Uh, yeah. And even when they called me, finally called me, they kind of still 
thought it was fake, but they didn't, they weren't, you know, for sure. And I said, you know, my son's right here eating dinner with me, you know. So, oh. Wow, and yeah, was, this uh, has been so successful because of the ability of criminals to go on the web and figure out who's related to who, and uh, then they're off to the races conning people. Yeah, social media, if you have stuff out there, they can they can piece it together and figure out who's related to who and where you live and all that stuff. So. I can't even begin to thank you enough, Gary, for calling in with this. No problem. Because you have no idea how many people you're helping right now. And what would you say people should tell if you have aging parents, you have children, what should you do up front? Yeah, well, I, I told my parents, you know, always call us. I mean, don't don't fall for anything over the phone or, or on the Internet. My dad's, you know, he's a former pilot and he's a smart guy, but he still fell for it, you know. So he's 84, but... Um, you just have to, you really can't trust any other things without contacting your loved one and, and to verify things, you know. Perfect, perfect. I couldn't have said it better, Gary. I'm going to let it stand at that. So you've heard the preventative medicine here. If you have older parents, you have younger kids, or even adult children who maybe are in their 20s, make sure you warn your parents about this very active scam. Bron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bron. Hello, Clark. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. You went through a rough time financially years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I ran into some some uh, hard times and made some decisions that seemed like good decisions at the time. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Um, ended up filing uh, for bankruptcy in 2012, and then. But by the time it went through, I had gotten married, and I was thinking I was going to be able to file a Chapter Seven. Ended up having to file Chapter Thirteen because of the amount of income that my now ex-wife uh, makes. And so, make a long story shorter. Wow, you have been through a lot, haven't you? That was that was <laughs> quite quite a narrative you said in those thirty seconds. How are you doing I, now? I'm on track right now. Good, good. I'm, I'm just um, it's just frustrating having poor credit from all of that, and with the end in sight for this Chapter Thirteen bankruptcy payment plan, I'm just. Uh, Seeking any advice that you could give on how I can begin to improve at this point, or if I need to wait for this thing to fully dissolve and then move forward. Do you know there. what your credit score is right now? I checked this morning with um, the two that are reported on Credit Karma, and I'm looking at 574 on one of them and 594 on the other. Okay, so if that's where you are, you're. Um in the upper 500s, then you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to do some form of secured card to rebuild your credit standing. Okay. And I don't often talk about the secured card market because a lot of the people in it are sleazoids. But with a, as close as we can get to a legitimate secured card, you'll post a deposit 
of an amount of money, and that will control your initial charge limit on a Visa or MasterCard. And then if you pay on time every month with a legit secured card after either 12 or 18 months and you want up front what their policy is, you graduate to a completely regular Visa or MasterCard. Okay. Now, some of the problems with these is they have an application fee typically, and I hate that. You want no application fee higher than $50 and an annual fee no higher than $25 because they'll carry an annual fee as well. Which you think about what they're doing, they have zero risk. I mean, you're having to put money on deposit, and so they can't lose any money. And so they're taking advantage of that 500-something credit score. Right. Now, is this something that I can do right now, or do I need to wait until my payment plan is complete? I would prefer that you wait till your payment plan is complete. How many more months do you have? Um, until November. Oh, I would wait till November. Okay. And you may see um, within 30 days of that that your Credit Karma score steps up nicely. Okay. And if it does, then you would be potentially able to do something much better, which would be one of the Fresh Start programs at a credit union. Credit union programs, you know, because credit unions are co-ops owned by their members, their reestablishment programs are much more customer-friendly. And there won't be any application fee, there won't be any terrible junk fees or anything like that with one of the Fresh Start programs. Not every credit union offers a Fresh Start program, but they became very common last decade because we had such a large number of people who either had a foreclosure or fell behind financially because of job loss or had debts charged off, filed for bankruptcy. And so in order to help people reconnect to the credit system, a lot of credit unions established these Fresh Start programs. And some use their own cutesy name for it. Others um, just go by Fresh Start. And again, I should re- I should reemphasize, not every credit union offers one of these programs. But after November, and congratulations to you for getting through your Chapter 13 as scheduled, that's when you deserve the chance to get a fresh start. Chris is with us. How can I be of service to you today, Chris? Well, I have a question um, about retirement accounts. My wife and I both have... Uh, an account um, left with a former employee, employer, excuse me, and we are trying to figure out what is the best thing to do with these accounts. Mine is made a little money last year. Hers lost a little money last year. Well, you have to work at it to have lost money last year. So I'm concerned about how her money is allocated in the plan. Now, one problem, I see who your former employer is who the plan provider is for the former employer, and they are an ultra, ultra high-cost plan provider. And to give you a sense, the cost of their 401k may be as much as 10 times what it would be with a low-cost provider. So it's really hard with them for you to make money on your account because they're 
administrative and account fees are so humongous. So it would be really good to skedaddle from them. Okay. How much money do each of you have in the account? My account is large. Mine's around 50000 and hers is just a few thousand. Okay, so... Maybe 3000 and hers, not very big. Well, you know, you got to 3000 and that's enough to move your money to any of the low-cost providers. You can either move the money to your own IRA. Each of you can open an IRA account with one of the low-cost providers and move the money. Or do either of you have a 401k plan where you're working today? No, we do not. Okay, so then your option is to move to a low-cost provider. And because who you're with is so monstrously expensive, it's pretty easy for you to, over time, increase the return from your plan by not being with these people. Okay. And I have on my investment guide, I have four of the low-cost providers for doing an IRA. And what I like for you to do is you set up what's known as a shell account, where you pick whichever one of the four you want to go with. You open up the IRA, and then you contact the company, because you can open it up right online, and you say, okay, here's the deal. I opened this account. There's no money in it yet, because I want to move money from my old employer's 401k in there, and they help you with the paperwork to have the money go directly from the current administrator of the old employer's plan into your IRA, which eliminates any tax problems. Okay. Because the, the administrator will try to take the easy way out for them that's brutal for you, especially with your 50000 where they try to get you to take a check from them. But right. the trick is they send you a check for 40 not 50 and you have to make up the 10 and not get it back till next year. So that's why you want the money to go right from the old employer's 401k into your own IRA. And by the way, on my investment guide, I have recommended investments that you should look at for you and your wife, especially at her size account. You can just go with one of my beginner choices, and it'll be something that's well-diversified that will help her money grow moving forward instead of shrinking as it did last year. Good luck to both of you. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Everyone sells today. So how do you bring your best sales game every day? Simple. Listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast on Podcast One. Hi, I'm Bill Kasky. And I'm Brian Neal. Each week, we answer listener questions like, how do I compete against a cheap competitor? And Brian's favorite, because he always has an answer to this, how do I meet with a CEO when they won't even return my calls? The Advanced Selling Podcast is where the best go to get better. Listen Mondays on Podcast One and on iTunes. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always 
but even when I said hello, he never seems to speak back to you. He was just like kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.